When I'm thinking of healthcare, I often remember an episode of Bill Maher where he was interviewing someone who was head of the moral majority. And this guy from the moral majority said that he believed the Bible literally, that everything that God put in the Bible was legitimate. So then Bill Maher started going through the Bible because Bill Maher, he knows the Bible, like a lot of the other people who debate religious people. And he took item by item and saying, well, do you do this? Do you do that? And the moral majority person said, well, no, we don't have to do everything, even though we take it literally. We pick and choose, essentially, what we think is important. And that is pretty much the healthcare system today. As we said, the healthcare system is a religion. Um, they will uh, give you uh, fear mongering, tell you if you don't follow the scripture, you're going to die, offer you salvation and then tell you that there are studies to prove what they said. But it's rare that they will ever show those studies, and they will always ignore studies that dispute the gospel. The studies they tend to use are either what are called observational studies, which are non-randomized. In other words, you can compare 85-year-olds um, uh, to 20-year-olds and give them both uh, vitamin pills and then follow them for a year. And since more 85-year-olds die, um, you could make conclusions based on that. Well, let's, for instance, say you gave the 85-year-olds the vitamins and the 20-year-olds not the vitamins. And since more 85-year-olds die, you could say, well, the vitamins clearly are dangerous. You know, that's, that's an observational study. They're awful. The only mask studies that have proven that mask works are observational studies like that, comparing 80-year-olds who don't wear masks to 20-year-olds who do and say, wow, more 80-year-olds died, so masks work. Um, but observational studies are, are the, you know, the goldmine of the religious fundamentalists. That's what's used by um, most drug companies to prove their products work. It's rare that they will randomize a study, compare two people, two groups and randomize them. But when they do do that, they make sure to pick the groups very carefully, such as on the Eloquist talk we had last time, they are not going to pick anyone in the Eloquist group has a risk of bleeding or falling. They, they eliminate them. That's all studies done by the pharmaceutical company and the religious doctors like the cardiologists will ignore those studies. That's why I've been hung up on by cardiologists when I try to bring up these other studies on why I've been called a nut job and other things because they know they got the patients by their neck. And, you know, the, the patients just believe them that, that cardiologists are brilliant in their religious um, uh, pr uh, proselytizing. They've, they've truly captured the country. Uh, they alone uh, cost our country more than our military budget. Um, they alone uh, are listened to. If they disappeared for a year, I guarantee you longevity would increase. It's, it's funny, you know, there was a study done by the New England Journal a while ago that looked at um, the one week a year that the cardiologists go to their convention and there were fewer heart attack deaths during that week consistently. Cardiologists were furious about this, but look, if you look at everything they do, and we'll go through their gospel in detail, whether Eliquis, Eliquis clearly kills more people than if you're not an Eliquis. It also causes more strokes than if you're not an Eliquis. Stents, more people die who get stents than don't get stents. Statins, you can go aggressive treatment of high blood pressure. You can go up and down their liturgy, and, and you can see each of the things they do to save your life are actually killing more people. And that's why my friend the cardiologist said, that they are the greatest murderers uh, in our county, um, facetiously. They don't do it intentionally. But a consequence of them getting you to buy into their gospel is to harm you. 
And that is something that they won't tell you, obviously, but that is what they do. They do not use science. They do not like to hear nuance. They don't want to hear anything that contradicts their gospel because their gospel has netted them so much money um, and has given them the undying faith of so many people, people who are otherwise rational. You know, it's like when I read about the progressive era and they said the religion of the progressive era was eugenics um, because the most people need some faith and a lot of people are afraid of death and the cardiologists give them what they need. Well, the thing we're going to talk about now is the gospel of cancer and chapter two of the gospel of cancer is called prostate cancer. Now, oncologists or cancer doctors are not anything like cardiologists. I mean, they they often deal with nuance. They deal with uncertainty. They they give patients more choice. They understand that their treatments often are worse than just leaving things alone, but not always. One of my good friends, who's an oncologist and very prominent uh, academic oncologist, has told me that uh, the oncology community is just as bad as the cardiology community, that they will pretend the treatments work because those treatments are very lucrative for them. Certain chemotherapies they use net them a lot of money. So they will cherry pick whatever studies the drug company gives them and ignore all the other studies and manipulate numbers. And so even if a drug will make you on average live three days longer, they will say it cuts down death by 40%. You know, use, use all those statistical things that they don't understand, but that the drug companies have fed them. Uh, I haven't seen that in my own personal dealings with oncologists. I've, I've actually had a good relationship with them. But, you know, not all cancers are controlled by oncologists. Um, skin cancer, which we'll talk about, is controlled by dermatologists. And that's been a fiasco beyond fiascos. Since we've been screening for skin cancer, more people have been dying. But, um, but the one we're going to talk about today, prostate cancer, is mostly controlled by urologists. And in fact, the diagnosis and treatment of prostate cancer is their big money-making stuff. That's where they make their fortune. Just like with dermatologists make it with skin cancer, urologists make it with prostate cancer. And prostate cancer is advertised up galore because it's so common. You know, a third of men develop prostate cancer in their life. So if you look for it, there's a one-third chance you're going to find it. And so the question comes, hey, is there any benefit to looking for it? The, you know, that we're spending over $100 billion a year looking for and treating prostate cancer. Big universities have created prostate institutes, positron emissions to, to try to radiate these things. You know, it's big money maker for so many people. And at one point, the because of the uncertainty of looking for and treating prostate cancer, the U.S. Preventive Task Force, which is usually conservative and bows to um, pharmaceutical and medical groups, gave prostate screening an F. F meaning it causes more harm than good. They then changed it to a C when the American Urologic Association lobbied Congress and forced them to change it. Yes, the U.S. Preventive Task Force is entirely political, like the CDC and the FDA and Medicare, they must bow to Congress. Um, and Congress is heavily lobbied by people who want you to believe you're sick and that you need the salvation from these religious priests or MDs, medical dogmatists, as I call them. Um, but, you know, regardless of that, the F is what other groups like Cochrane would give it. Cochrane being the most respected um, and even-handed group since it gets no money from any, anyone but anonymous sources. 
uh, and they have they, they're who we rely on basically when we want to see what, whether something works. Well, here's the deal with prostate cancer, and and it's come somewhat, um, you know, it, it it feeds into our religious need to find and fix things. So it's counterintuitive when you know the truth. A lot like the eloquence, right? How could eloquence cause more strokes than prevent when AFib causes clots in the heart? Well, we explain that and. People still don't believe it because it's counterintuitive. Here's the deal. Prostate cancer, like we said, affects about a third of men. There are 150 million men. So that's a lot of men that that get affected by prostate cancer. About 1% of men die of prostate cancer um, who, are, who have it. Um, so that's not a lot of people in terms of how it affects you individually. But in terms of all the men, since so many people get it, that's a lot of prostate cancer deaths. I think it's the second or third most common cause of cancer death in men. So the number is big that way. Your personal risk is low. The population risk is pretty big. Um, so we screen for it with a test called a PSA. PSA is a crappy test. Even the guy who invented the PSA says it should not be used for screening because it's completely inaccurate. And we don't know if we're picking up prostate cancers. It'll kill you, right? 99% don't kill you. So if we find a prostate cancer and we give you radiation and chemotherapy and hormonal treatment and scare you to death and tell you we're going to you know, we're gonna emasculate you and cause you incontinence and maybe give you other cancers from all this radiation and chemotherapy, 99% um, of people who get all that won't benefit, right? Because they're not going to die from the prostate cancer anyway. So now they're going to die from other shit and have a... A really crappy life because they subjected their bodies to this this um, religious edict that these urologists have so cleverly uh, weaved into our medical liturgy. You know, people who get prostate who are told they have prostate cancer and get all this shit and live feel like their lives were saved. They're cancer survivors, but had they just run around a tree or just uh, kiss their window every morning, there was the same, there's still a 99% chance they would have lived. Well, what does all this stuff do? All this crap that's fed? Well, basically nothing. There's a, the, re, the biggest study done on this, first was a 10-year study and has just been extended to 15 years, shows that the death rate from prostate cancer does not improve with treatment. Let me say that again. After 10 years, 1% of people with prostate cancer died who were treated, and 1% of pre people with prostate cancer died who weren't treated. After 15 years, it went up to 3% who died, both treated and untreated. All this treatment doesn't stop you from dying of prostate cancer. It, it maims you. It might kill you from other things. But that's why the U.S. Preventive Task Force, before they were lobbied by the religious state, um, basically said it's an F because it causes more harm than good. If you are screened for prostate cancer and treated, you're more likely to be harmed than if you just never looked for it in the first place. So these kind of religious beliefs grow out of fear and also the desire of us to feel like we have control over our health. Doctors who feed the religious dogma get, instill that in us, that we have agency. So we do have agency. We could eat well and we could exercise and we can, you know, we could avoid situations that are dangerous. We do have agency. But agency from the doctors, in other words, if we take all their shit, we'll do better, is a tougher nut to crack. And as we go through this gospel of, of medicine, we'll see there's very little evidence 
that virtually any intervention, short of basic things like, you know, don't drink water that someone just pooped in. And, you know, if you have a bad infection, you take antibiotics. If you have a heart attack, you go to the hospital and they can, then they can put in a stent and fix you. That's the only time stents are useful. Um, there are things you could do, you know, that, that make you live longer um, through the medical system. But almost all of them are either basic common sense treatment of chronic illness, i.e. treat blood pressure and diabetes, treat congestive heart failure modestly, not aggressively, and eat well and exercise. And if you get sick, you know, get, get help before it escalates. That's kind of, they say about 10% of our health outcomes are controlled by the medical system. And almost all of them are being sick, like your appendix ruptures. You got in a car accident. Almost all of them are related to that. And about 2% are related to management of chronic illness, diabetes, hypertension, that kind of stuff, basic stuff. Not all the crazy stuff that they're feeding us. So, you know, we want to feel like we have agency. So when a, when a doctor says, you know, a third of men get prostate cancer, um, we should check you for it. Um, and then you do, and it's high, and you get a biopsy, and, ah, you have prostate cancer, Gleason score seven, which sounds scary. You know, they score these things. And according to these studies that I just mentioned, that score means nothing in terms of who's going to die and who benefits from treatment. But they'll say this to make you really scared. Um, almost everyone I see gets one of the high scores. I, I think it's kind of ingrained in the testing. So then they get treatment, which maims them, weakens them, disrupts their life in a major way, might even kill them. And then if it doesn't kill them, they're cancer survivors. And then they keep going and getting checked by these urologists. Keep getting the PSA, maybe some biopsies, other tests, CAT scans, other things. Feeds the whole medical system. And you, as a patient, feel like you've been saved. So, it, you know, this is contradictory to science. Again, those of us who are scientifically minded will tell our patients, look, there's no reason ever to check for prostate cancer because even if you find it, the treatment doesn't help you live a day longer. In fact, it'll hurt you. But the religious community of doctors, the MDs, medical dogmatists, will tell you otherwise. They'll tell you you're a fool. They'll call me an, a, a nut job for saying, for quoting science and quoting studies, because obviously, why would you walk around with a cancer in your body? I mean, we have treatment. We have this new positron emission place at, at the university, and we'll give you the best chemotherapy or radiation or prostate removal devices robotically done, which sounds really fancy. You know, we say, wow, I'm going to robot. Robot's going to help me. But it doesn't work. So again, this is a, prostate cancer is a great and classic example of how the medical religious community has bamboozled people to do things totally against their interest at huge expense. Um, and people buy into it because A, they have fear, and B, they seek salvation and agency through these religious moderators who they trust. They trust doctors. That's the biggest flaw of the whole system is the trust in these people who are, who are basically scam artists or stupid, one of the two. A doctor may not have read anything and just listened to what the drug companies say, or a doctor knows that they're not helping anyone by doing all this stuff, but they know it also is gonna put money in their pocket, which is what I think most cardiologists are like. And a lot of urologists, to give them credit, at least in my community, try to dissuade people from getting treatment for prostate cancer. Um, and in fact, the people who ordered the PSA were their primary care doctors, shame on you, primary care doctors 
or because the patient saw an ad on TV with some famous movie star that said, I got a PSA and I'm alive today. Thank God for that. You better do it too. Um, you know, correlation. I, you could say, I put on my shoe today and I'm alive today. So you should do that too. You know, it's the same kind of thing. But you, you say, wow, that makes sense. My God, I go to your doctor, ask for a PSA. And then you go down this religious train into the pits of hell. And you think... You thank your doctors for doing it because you think your life is safe. That's the kicker. You, your belief in this, your faith in this, is what drives these doctors to feed and pray on your fear and your faith. And that is the religion of medicine. So as we go through the gospel of cancer, we'll see some things that are more nuanced than prostate. Prostate is not nuanced to me. You should not get a PSA. You should not treat prostate cancer. The, the science is clear about that. If, you're, if you have a prostate cancer that spreads, then there are things you could do to mitigate the spread. But treating it before that point has not helped anybody. So we will go through that and other cancers that are more nuanced than some cancers where maybe it is useful to do things like screening. Um, but it's even in those cases, the benefit is tiny, so you have to use your judgment. Always talking about nuance, which religious people hate. So next time, I'm actually, for the next thing, I was listening to one of the songs I wrote for my book, The Great Stupidity, and there's one called um, The Sciency Song, and it talks about, it's kind of based on Fauci, um, and it talks about how what, how science is a religion. So I'm just going to play that for the next one. And then we're going to jump, because I need to, into the gospel of, disease, of infectious disease. And we got to talk about COVID, RSV, and the bullshit that has been spewing out for the last four years that's only gotten worse. And as we do more interventions for these viral infections that have been with us forever, more people are dying and getting sick. And somehow that reality has not stopped people from believing the gospel of infectious disease. So we're going to go right to chapter one, which is COVID next time. And we'll have many more chapters of infectious disease because infectious disease doctors are often, frankly, very dangerous. And they preach the religious faith more than anyone. And they have killed so many people in the last three years. So many people. And God knows how many they maimed. We will, that, that information will come out later as the effects of the, the isolation and, and the scare tactics and the vaccine and these drugs that they are peddling um, all, all become apparent. And we'll talk a lot about that. So don't get a PSA. Watch out for Eloquist. And then we'll talk about more things you should avoid.